the word marketing and the word marketing or the phrase marketing platforms is such a generic word and generic phrase that a lot of people probably don't even know what you're talking about when you refer to that. If you are a small business owner, a retail business owner, your business and how you acquire customers can be so different than somebody who uh, has an e-commerce platform such as Amazon or something similar to that. Customers will purchase and they will acquire customers very differently than your small retail family business. We as retail owners have to rely on foot traffic into our stores, which is a total different customer than somebody buying something online. So the question we are talking about today is which marketing platform will provide our business with the most foot traffic at the least amount of money. What's the best bang for your buck when it comes to marketing? And marketing platforms can be anything like Google, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, billboards, commercials, uh, advertising on platforms like Hulu, uh, advertising like things on iHeartRadio or podcasts or whatever it might be. What provides the best foot traffic in my opinion and my co-host's opinion Hello and welcome to the Better Business Podcast, where we help you improve your family-owned retail business. I'm with my co-host today, Chris Fox from Fox Strategy, the marketing genius. And my name is Steve Cook. I'm a third-generation business owner, and with the things I've learned and talk about on this show, I've taken my family's retail business to over $10 million in sales. Now let's get to the show. Listen, there's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Google ads, billboards, TV commercials, flyers, word of mouth marketing, programs, blimps, if those are still around, banner ads, Hulu, iHeartRadio ads, podcast ads, arena sponsorships. There are so many different ways to advertise your business and everyone has an opinion on it now here is the question everyone has an opinion of traffic and and all of these different things but which ones have the highest quality traffic and which ones have the highest quality foot traffic into your physical retail stores digital marketers might have one opinion um, online e-commerce shops might have a different opinion but which ones are going to provide the foot traffic that you need into your retail stores so which platforms are going to provide the best use the best bang for your buck is the topic today chris fox from fox strategy you obviously have a strategy what's your opinion on uh this introduction oh man what a great question there's so many so many ways you can sink money into advertising these days and if you don't have blimp still around though that's the main question oh i'm sure they are i'm right like isn't the goodyear <laughs> blimp at a super bowl at the super bowl a thing i don't know that i hope so i don't know that they offer advertising you know on the side of it but um, and, and I'll add to that, maybe blimps has become, I just read this article this morning, blimps have become the modern version of that is wrapping uh, someone's car. And you can, as a business, uh, design a car wrap and pay someone to wrap their car and drive around 
their town um, as an advertisement. So yeah, tons of ways you can sink money into advertisement. Uh, I think the question as a whole, what's the best bang for our buck? Uh, you know, in, in business speak, we call that what's the biggest ROI or return on investment in an ad strategy. That's a really crucial question because there are tons of ways you can advertise and A, you shouldn't do all of them and B, uh, one to the next are gonna give you, yeah, different uh, kinds of traffic, different quality of traffic. Um, and, and as you're talking, even even the different uh, types of traffic like physical foot traffic in a store versus digital traffic to your website. Um, so gosh, it's a good topic for us to tackle today. Sweet. So, uh, you know, I think the best place to start in marketing, and, and obviously I'm getting into your line of expertise, so you correct me at any point if you need to. Slap my hand, so to speak. Sure. Uh, but I think that marketing basics 101 first you have to know your audience who are we selling to what uh, demographic are they what region of the the metro are they what interests do they have what income level do they have first we have to identify in any business if you're going to be selling to someone you need to know who you are selling to who is your target audience um you know, and I don't know how to do this besides running through a few different uh, examples. You know, obviously, you know our business well with the feed stores in the Oklahoma City metro. Um, in a feed store, it surprises a lot of people, but the number one horse owner is a female between the age of 40 to 60 years old. Um, and if they have a horse, they also typically have a income over, you know, $70,000 or greater um, because they have expendable income to feed a thousand pound animal. So um, they usually have at least a little bit of extra money laying around. So um, you know, that kind of is the basis of our demographic of who we are serving to um, and who we would like to advertise towards. Now, that doesn't mean that a 25-year-old uh, male with a low income doesn't have a horse. Obviously, that happens. But um, by the majority of the time, that is who we are trying to sell to. Um, so, you know, what do you think about that? Do you think that that's the best place that anyone should start is to identify their, their target audience? I agree. I 100%. That's the the place you must start if you are starting a business or let's also add in if you are getting serious about being strategic in your business and you're tired of wasting money or you're ready to grow and scale, you absolutely have to know who you're selling to. Um, and, and as you've said, the stuff you covered is, is some basic demographics, some socioeconomic information, um, but who you sell to goes as deep and as wide as you want it. Uh, you know, you can start asking questions about uh, frame of mind, you know, of certain customer personas. Uh, what time of year are they more willing to spend money versus others? All of that can shape uh, who your customer persona, um, or some people call it a customer archetype, uh, you know, as you build this uh, description of this person um, in your marketing plan, you might have tons of information uh, about them. Um, and I think that when the, the, big, the biggest piece of advice I can give to people about customer personas is, uh, firstly, you have to pick something. Um, you cannot sell to everyone. If you sell to everyone and then getting to our topic today, if you advertise to everyone, you will go bankrupt and your business will fail. It appeals to no one. It, and it, that's exactly it, for all those reasons. It appeals to no one. It's ridiculously expensive. It's not effective. Uh, but at the end of the day, you're going to go bankrupt and you will be out of business because you have refused 
to kind of focus. Um, again, business term is to niche or niche. Um, and a lot of people are scared of that because it's hard work. It's, it's difficult sometimes um, to say no. You think you're saying no to one crowd so that you can say yes to another. Um, so I think first you have to really focus and you can't sell to everyone. You shouldn't advertise to everyone. But then the second thing about these customer personas, these ideas um, of who you're selling to, write it down. Because if you, if you think through this today and you go to, you know, build your blimp advertising campaign, right? Because you found that your ideal customer hangs out where blimps fly and a blimp wants to give you an ad for so many uh, dollars versus impressions. When you Is anyone that, doing a, a banner on the back of a drone? Oh, well, so um, when I was in California last, I did see some planes flying with banners tied behind them so drone or plane, but what about a drone because you could just fly that around like the beach or something like that there if you you're go. in a, a local a festival you know like a, the art festival yeah. here in oklahoma city tons of people around yeah fly that drone with the banner know. anyways go on sorry well no sorry it's just you when you do that today and 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 the next year when we go back to do it and and maybe even the bigger point is five years ten years when we go back to do it the question should be, are we still selling to the same person? And if we haven't written down that persona, if we haven't really done that know your audience exercise and recorded it so that we can review it, we then are back to step one. Why are we doing this work mm -hmm. over and over and over again every time we sit down to uh, spend some money on advertising? But the more dangerous piece is that we actually drift away from our ideal customer or we follow a trend. And again, that's just wasting money. I will say this as a, as a caveat, know that every single business or entity that you pay advertising dollars to, they are not in the business of making your business succeed. They are in the business of taking your money in exchange for advertising. So they don't care if you haven't done this know your audience work. They don't care if you, you know, only select two, uh, you know, differentiators or two uh, demographic uh, filters. They just want you to spend your ad budget. You are up to, as a business owner, um, it's up to you to make sure that you're doing so effectively. So man, Steve, no better advice when it comes to advertising before anything else, know who you're selling to. So let me ask you this, hypothetically speaking, what if someone has the ability to sell to everyone? So I'm thinking of a, uh, person with a convenience store or maybe a grocery store sure. or, um, you know, a boutique that sells men's and women clothes and children's clothes. And, you know, um, a lot of places, uh, restaurants, yeah. um, there's a lot of retail stores that sell to everyone. Or I think about a lot of pet stores. Um, I, I think it's like a staggering, it's like 72% or something like that of people have pets. Mm. Um, so that's a incredible, you know, amount Yeah. at that point. Um, in my mind, I'm thinking of, well, it's hyper, um, location based advertising is what you would have to rely on. Is that your inclination or do you have a different take on that? Uh, well, and I would say that you're right. If your geography matters to your, to your ideal client, your ideal customer persona, then that belongs in their profile. So if you're going to sell to take your company, for example, uh, you know, really centered around the geography of central Oklahoma. So you don't spend money advertising in Missouri or in Texas mm -hmm. or in New York. Um, so that's an important piece of it. Where, where are your ideal 
uh, customer personas hanging out? That's an important question. Not only for the geography physically, but the placement digitally too. Because if your ideal customer persona um, is hanging out on Facebook instead of TikTok, that's a choice you have to make. If your ideal customer persona visits, uh, you know, other pet related blogs instead of going to CNN all the time, that's a choice you have to make. But more to your question, if you're thinking, hey, I'm a retail business and you know we use grocery store as an example a lot. Um, if you're a grocery store, if you're a convenience store, if you're a pet store and you're thinking, I sell to a lot of people because everybody needs groceries. The vast majority of people um, have pets. Let me push you one more time to, to go one level deeper than that. If everyone needs groceries, that may be true, but who do you really want walking through the door of your grocery who store? Who spends the most? That's, who buys the highest quality? That's who, the next level. You know, now. whatever. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Because if you are a grocery store that wants a lot of wealthy or affluent people coming in, because maybe you're a Whole mm -hmm. Foods type of grocery store, then you are going to spend or should spend zero dollars advertising to anybody who would rather shop at a discount grocery store because of their economic level or maybe even just their interest in your products. So even if you So say, which customer do you smile at when they walk through the door? And that's right. Try to find some similarities between that. It might yep. be an old person, it might be a middle-aged lady in her 40s, it might be a, you know, 20-year-old guy, but yep. what do all three of those have in common? Well, they have a different uh, status of income or they yep live next door or they, you know, whatever it might be. So and, and yeah, let's I think go that's great advice. Totally different, right? Let's say you own an insurance um, agency and, and you're an independent insurance agency. Your family's owned it for three generations. Everybody needs insurance, life, auto, home, you got it all. But listen, mm -hmm. you don't want to market to everyone. And, and, and even more mm -hmm. expensively, you don't want to advertise to everyone. There are going to be clients who, when you, when they call you, you get excited or you're, you get joy from talking to them. And there are going to be clients when they call, you get a pit in your stomach and you're, and you're really hesitant to pick up the phone. That's a really great first step to setting up a customer persona because you don't want to duplicate more of those clients that give you a pit in your stomach when they call. So what about the clients that bring you joy and you are happy to work with? What about them is similar that you can put into a, a persona and then build a marketing and advertising strategy out of that ideal client? So even when you're trying to sell so to everybody, you need to pick still this, this smaller group of people to target. The follow-up question to that, of course, is which is the platform that is the cheapest. So what I'm thinking of on that is which one can I advertise for or spend the least amount of money to get the most eyeballs? So this question is obviously more toward um, somebody that sells to a lot of different people and they don't necessarily care. Um, maybe a casino. It's anybody over 18 that, you mm -hmm. know, um, can go there or a restaurant or a convenience store like we just talked about. And they are less concerned about very specific. Obviously, in our business, we want to target very certain interests and um, things like that. Um, 
But as far as just what is the cheapest ad spend for eyeball exchange? Um, so even if you say that social media platforms are quote unquote free, there's still a certain amount of hours that you exchange for creating on those platforms. So even free platforms do have a cost associated with that. And how much is that cost associated? So, um, you know, I'm thinking TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of those platforms, they are quote unquote free or they do have a free portion to them. Um, however, you do have to spend time keeping up with trends. You do have to spend time creating for them, whether it's video or pictures or writing posts or whatever. Now, um, think about all of the other things that we mentioned. Um, Google, uh, Google has a very free portion to its company. Um, there is local Google um, things that you can fill out uh, around shopping and things like that that you can organically rank for on Google. Um, however, that takes time. Um, TV commercials, obviously you have to pay for them, um, but is there so many eyeballs on that that it um, negates the fee that you have to pay to be on it? Um, billboards just very similar to that. Um, so anyways, all of these different marketing channels, um, have a free aspect to them. A lot of them have a free aspect to them, but what are they, what are the, um, exchange values in these free platforms or paid platforms in exchange for the eyeballs? What's the best value that you see at this time, Christopher? Hmm. That's a, a great big question. Uh, but it's such an important question for business owners um, to really sit and go through. I think the first thing that I would say is every business owner needs to understand the difference between marketing and advertising. Um, advertising, yeah. and you may people may disagree with me on this definition, that's fine. Um, advertising would be the way we view it is anywhere we're gonna spend money in exchange for eyeballs, in exchange for attention and, and, and eyes on our, on our collateral. That collateral paid is ads. marketing. Yes, paid ads. So many, many platforms, almost everything that we've mentioned so far has both a paid element and has a, an organic element or a free element. And the difference between marketing and advertising is marketing is what you do to educate people and raise awareness about your brand, your business, and how you make their lives better. Advertising is what you do when you pay to put that marketing message in front of people uh, without any organic discovery going on. So if you know we create uh, as an as an agency or. Uh, um, a firm for you in your business, if we create for you um, a series of social media posts and maybe a landing page um, and an email campaign, we've created that marketing collateral. Then the question is, are we going to uh, let that kind of drip out or, or uh, get out into the community in an organic way? just where people share it with people, we put it in our stores, we add it to our website, we post it on our free social media. Or are we going to pay to push that content out in front of people um, in an attempt to buy attention from these platforms? So that's a big first question it, because a lot of people um, maybe skip to advertising, but they've never once considered marketing as in what's gonna happen when somebody actually clicks on this link? And what are we gonna say to them um, if I get a, you know, if I get foot traffic, which is our topic today, coming into my store, 
are they coming in with maybe a, an understanding of what we offer because we've spent time on our marketing messaging and on our marketing strategy? Or are they coming in because we advertise that we have buy one, get one free, you know, such and such product, and they don't really know or care who we are. And now we've got to do all of that education and um, awareness building inside our store. Neither of those is wrong. You just have to have a reason for why you're doing it. And so I think that's a, a big first question when we're talking about what's cheaper. Because technically, if you build this marketing collateral and you and you have a, a sales funnel, you have a journey for your customer to go on, you could invest in that, but then never pay for any advertising and build all of that organically. So you have an audience, you have people who know who you are and they're visiting your store and you love it because they're exactly who you want to reach out to. Um, or you could maybe do that all DIY and not invest in that, but then push your ad your dollars toward an ad budget that puts that out in front of people. Mm -hmm. So the question of what's cheapest is really a question of, much like you've said, Steve, do we have money or time to invest? Maybe we have a little of both. Maybe we don't have either. Um, we have to figure out what we're going to invest and then ask ourselves, where are these people hanging out? The people we know who we want to sell to. We've got our personas written down. Where are they hanging out? And where can we reach out to them in a way that is genuine um, and doesn't beat them over the head? I think that is a big uh, factor in whether or not an ad is cheap for the number of, of eyeballs you get on that ad. Um, and so going back to your drone with a banner, right? That may cost a very little amount of money. And if we craft a really good message that goes on that banner that gets people to act, we've found ourselves a very cheap uh, advertising channel for the number of people who see our message. Uh, but if we take that you know, same drone and banner and we put um, a message on it that, that's vague and, and doesn't really, nobody really knows what it means and we put it up there, no matter if we spent $200 on it or $500 on it, that $500 got us zero eyes on our website or zero feet in our store. So by comparison, that was the most expensive ad campaign we may have run all year because it did nothing for us. So I, I, I always push people back to what's the actual journey you're asking your ideal client, your ideal customer to go on? Um, and, and how have you met them with some kind of marketing message and collateral every step of the way? Because that really is like, uh, that's like the water slide into your business. It's, it's slick, it's fast, people learn, they understand, they feel that you care about them and they're there to do business with you. If you don't do any of that work and you just throw up an ad and you, and you pay for it on Facebook or Google or, or on your drone and a, and a banner, uh, but you've not done any of that work to actually make that water slide fun and, and, and move, then now you're asking people to sit on a dry water slide and I don't know if you've ever done that, but that sucks. Not fun, little squeaky. Uh, <laughs> so I think, I think if if I had to, if somebody held my feet to the fire and said you have only time um, to spend, or you can obviously time is also could be you pay someone to create for you. Um, I think that there's three opportunities right now in you know whatever April of 2022, and that is I would say one of the most underutilized right now and it's shocking and surprising but if you have a very specific market such as the insurance company that we talked about or um 
something where, where you are very specific and you ha- need an organic reach. I think one of the best marketing right now is for in-person marketing. Hmm. Um, that means cold calling to someone's house. Uh, that means, you know, being at events and things like that. I think that that is extremely underutilized. A lot of people go straight to digital, some sort of digital, um, communication or something like that. Um, I haven't lived in a neighborhood in a while, so this might not be necessarily true. Um, but as far as like, I'm, I know of, I mean, I'm not home a lot during the day and things like that, but I haven't even had like a door to door salesman. I don't think in like. I think I've lived at our house like eight years or something like that. And we've never had one uh, that I know of off the top of my head, maybe one or two. Um, So I think that that is an incredible uh, thing that is still holds a lot of value as one-on-one sales, especially if you have a high ticket item. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that 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 is, you can build a relationship with people. A lot of people um, would probably take well to that um, as long as they're not getting hassled by a lot of people. Um, The second thing I think is Google, um, the organic portion of Google. Um, and that is making sure your business is on, has a Google, uh, page, making sure that if you sell an actual item that you have the Google merchant shopping center, uh, plug in all of that into your website and making sure that when someone is looking for a product that you sell, it comes up organically on Google. A lot of people will say, um, you know, Nike shoes near me or something near me and Google will only rank places that are near you. Well, if you're only you know, three or four or five places, even the top 20 places that have that, you're going to be on the first page for that product, uh, for a retail store. Um, you know, coffee shops near me, boutiques near me, uh, different things like that. Uh, and, and that's as easy as, you know, setting up a Google page takes, you know, one or two hours. And I think that that is a huge traffic, uh, getting, uh, reviews on Google and things like that. Um, really can play out for people free organic, uh, traffic. The last thing I think is TikTok, and you know I've been hot on TikTok lately. But um, <laughs> dude, I just looked at our analytics. The last fifty days, we've gotten almost a million video views. Yeah, in the it's last wild. fifty days, it's completely bonkers. I've never had anything like this. I was I was not early to anything because I've been in my twenties, you know, or whatever. When a lot of these things came out, I was already in my twenties and I wasn't really um, thinking about business. So um, when Facebook came out, I was still in high school, college. And so I wasn't wanting to do it as a business context. Of course, I was trying to get dates um, <laughs> with Facebook. So, you know, but Facebook, Instagram, I never, I wasn't on any of those early. Um, but TikTok, I feel like it is still very early. There is a lot of demand. There's a lot of people watching the platform, but there's not a lot of people creating videos right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that you're, if you make videos that are, like you said, um, either educational or uh, whatever it might be for your business where you are trying to help people in a certain way that revolves around your business, whether it's entertainment, whether it's education, whether it's information, whatever, yep. um, I think that right now is a very special time for TikTok um, for free traffic um, again. Uh, and obviously they have a paid portion to it as well. And I haven't tinkered with that quite yet. But um, so those are my favorite threes in person, uh, Google and uh, TikTok right now. Yeah, I think that those are, you're right, under underutilized uh, marketing channels right now. And, and I would just add to that, um, really what you have to think about as a business owner when you're headed in that direction. Let's say you're gonna do one-on-one sales, you wanna do cold calls. Um, if if you have tried that and you 
are someone who would say, yeah, that doesn't work, I've tried it. My question to you, my pushback would be, did you write down your customer persona and did you build a marketing message that quickly explained to that person how you solve the problem and make their life better with your unique solution? That those kind of marketing channels are underutilized because simply because people don't know what to say. And mm-hmm. TikTok would be the same thing. People are like, why do I well, need let's to be not, on TikTok? Let's not underplay somebody might not have the skills either. Oh, Direct true. sales, what I talked about, direct sales, in-person sales, there's some people that just crumble like a cheap chair um, you know, if yeah. in an in-person cold call. There's also some people that cannot figure out Google. There's also some people that cannot create short, informational, funny videos like TikTok would demand. Right, right. So I think it also depends on your skill set too, um, and who, who your customer is, and things like that. Of course, but um, you know, I think and it depends can, on your skill set a lot. You can find what you're comfortable with, absolutely. You know, um, again, just because someone else is getting a lot of success on TikTok doesn't necessarily mean you need to be there. It just means that it's an underutilized marketing channel. So your question then becomes can I do it? And then what am I going to say to my people, uh, that makes sense to them that, and because if you're a grocery store, uh, you may not need to show up on TikTok doing a bunch of dance videos. Maybe you do one in a while, but most of what you do is a different strategy. You've, you've simply got to do the discovery, uh, work to find out what your people, your audience is willing to watch or what they enjoy watching, um, what they enjoy getting from you. And I think that's, really marketing across the board. What does your audience enjoy uh, getting from you? I would add to um, one of those still underutilized platforms, I would add email. Tons of people believe that email is no longer useful as a marketing tool and, and because they themselves unsubscribe from every list or have a fake email address that I give everyone, that's great, fine, um, I've heard that. Yes, people do that. Does everybody do that? not by any stretch of the imagination. Most people in the world get email, read their email, and if, if nothing else, see you're emailing them, see your subject line and your business name. And so I would say it's still an underutilized marketing channel. And compare it to, for whatever reason, again, with all the whole social networks, people wanna be on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Pinterest, you know, LinkedIn, still, compared uh, apples to apples on engagement, email still gets higher engagement out of an audience that you've grown uh, on an email list than your Instagram audience uh, right now. So if you're, for whatever reason, feeling like you've got this huge weight on your shoulders to produce Instagram content, uh, you might need to actually look and say, would it be better for me to build an email list and write Um, you know, a weekly email to my people, delivering value, showing up, being funny, being educational, whatever it is, uh, instead of feeling this constant weight to do Instagram content, because technically you can get a better return on your engagement, your time spent through email right now, all things being equal. So yeah, I would would add email to that list of underutilized and then SMS, but it's still growing, but text message marketing is blowing up. You just got to do it a little differently. Yeah. And I think it depends on the relationship too. Totally. TikTok is incredibly, uh, whatever you would call that frivolous or, or yeah. very like passive, um, very, very passive. casual relationship. Like, I don't know if I've seen this guy's videos or not, you know, and they've uh, liked your page for six months or something, you know? Um, and then, you know, I think about email and text messages are a lot more intimate. 
podcast is incredibly intimate. Um, you know, if you listen to someone for 30, 45 minutes, um, or an in-person sale, uh, in-person cold calling, that is incredibly intimate when you compare it to a TikTok, you know, 30 second video. So I think it just depends on, um, where you're at. And I think you need to scratch all the itches of the marketing channel too. I I think if you have no top of the line funnel that like a TikTok or something like that, that brings them to your website. And then you have no email that brings them into you a little bit better. And then you don't have a, you know, so I think it, it all matters of what your end goals are and, and where you need to, uh, to go with people. You might have a huge following, but no one's buying your stuff. Well, maybe you don't have a very good, um, you know, email campaign or something like that. The last part that I wanted to touch on with this is, so we understand that you need to identify your customer. That was the first thing. The second thing is which platforms provide the cheapest um, organic reach. So if you create for a free platform, those are the ones we just talked about. Now, like we addressed in the first part of this, there are a certain amount of platforms, almost all platforms, um, that provide a certain amount of free ad spend. Um, so getting on the news is free organic traffic paying for a TV commercial is a paid portion of that. Um, you know, uh, TikTok, there is, you can have a TikTok page for free and create videos. That is for free. You can also pay to show up in people's feeds. Um, Facebook is just the same. Instagram is the same. Google ads is the same. You can come up organically into the Google search. You can also pay to show up at the top of a Google search. So, from your perspective, what is the way to advertise? And I think this, for me, makes more sense for someone that needs to get more specific. Mm. And by saying that, I almost want to include everybody. Unless you're Coca-Cola, <laughs> unless you're Chevy or Ford, you know, but even they have target. Um, probably their best target demographics, but I think everyone needs to get more specific um, with their audience. So which platform in your opinion has the best paid specific uh, uh, paid Mm. portion to it? You know, this is a, this is one of those things that's changing a lot right now. Uh, Maybe if, you know, anyone listening has uh, been looking at advertising or following it for very long, you know that the industry shifted really significantly in the last few months with Apple introducing their new um, privacy protections inside their iOS, um, you know, phone operating system where a lot of people are doing their internet browsing these days. So now there are new privacy restrictions, and that took a big, big, big chunk out of uh, Facebook's ability to target, or now Meta, Meta's ability to target on their ad platform. So in a lot of those ad platforms, you see um, the targeting ability rolling back, getting a lot more basic, where you used to be able to target people by their income or, or you know, by when they last bought a car or last bought a house or intended on buying a house you're getting a lot more generic in those targeting platforms these days. So um, I'm, I'm going to maybe throw a, a, a ball out here to left field, Steve. I apologize. But when you ask me what's the best price or what's the best platform for targeting a specific customer base, I would actually argue that where we're headed, because now we've heard that Google and Android are going to follow Apple in their privacy protections, 
where we're headed, the best thing that you can do to target customers on an advertising platform is actually to get your messaging locked in with who that person is. And let me give you an example. So Steve, um, in, in cook feeds marketing strategy, when we're targeting people, um, in an advertising platform, what we, we're a feed store, but we don't want to be known as being a feed store that sells dog food and, you know, gerbil food and uh, guinea pig food and all that, even though you do carry that, all we talk about on the ad platform is horse feed for a very specific reason, because we don't want to water down our advertising message. The reason you sell dog food and alternate type of animal feed is because your research and, and statistics show you that what was it like over 80% of horse owners own a second pet and it's usually like yeah, a dog, like 90. right? 90. Yeah. So you took that data and instead of selling to everybody by saying, Hey, cook feed and outdoor, we sell pet food. That's not what we want to be known for. We actually cut off or niched down part of our marketing message to let people know we focus on horse feed. Then when a horse owner arrives at the store and you get that foot traffic from your ad, they are pleasantly surprised that you sell dog food um, in a few brands that matter to them. So they pick up both and go to your counter and you've upgraded your cell. If you said in that ad platform, we sell horse feed and dog food and guinea pig food, you're gonna have a guinea pig owner arrive to that store and it's nothing like Chewy.com or PetSmart. Now they're upset. And so you've actually spent money to piss somebody off. So I think the best way to target with an ad platform, any ad platform, is to get really hyper clear about your messaging and and resist every urge to try to sell to everybody in that ad and pick your ideal client and use words that actually disqualify most of the people you don't want to do business with and really get that person who you want to do business with hooked. Man, I think, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. Um, but I, the one thing that you left out was the um, geographical aspect to a retail yeah. store. Um, and I think that that is, is always heavy on my mind that even if you find the right person, even if you find all the right things, but you are, we are talking to retail store owners and you reach somebody in North Carolina and you're in California, that does nothing for you. And, yeah. um, you know, I think that there is a few, we've never dabbled with TV commercials. Um, but I have heard that there is a lot of local news places that have a, um, a location based, you know, commercial mm. to some extent. Um, sure. I think it's mostly statewide though. And again, I don't, I don't think, you know, unless you have like a huge furniture store or something like that, I don't think you're looking for people across the whole state. Yeah. Um, most people are going to be looking for a five to 40 mile radius around their actual location. And honestly, I, th I, I you know, I don't dabble in a lot of other places besides Google and Facebook, but I think Facebook is keen with this location-based traffic source. Um, even though the new iOS updates and things like that took away the ability to follow people onto a different website and yeah. to track them across different apps, I still think that most people have where they live in their Facebook profile and Facebook knows where people live. Mm. Um, 
and where they're from. Um, They also know typically what their interests are based on the Facebook pages that they follow and based on what a lot of people put in their profiles. Um, You know, I remember in 2000, whatever, 10, 11, 12, whatever, when I created my Facebook profile, it was like, oh, what are my hobbies? What are my interests? (laughs) You know, and people had no idea that Facebook was asking you that so they could retarget you on stuff um, or sell to businesses to retarget you, I guess. Um, But I, I think that interests are still there in Facebook and I think that location is still there in Facebook. And there is no, um, you know, billboards, obviously it has a geography aspect to it because you know somebody's driving by, but they have no idea what interests you have. Um, TV commercials have no idea what interests you have, even though they have a geography. Um, TikTok might know what interests you have, but they don't know where you're from. Um, You know, I think you go on through the deal. Google and Facebook are the only two things that I can think of off the top of my head that they know what you're interested in and they know where you're from. And that is huge, important when you talk about knowing who your customer is and you need them to come into a retail store. Um, For e-commerce and things like that, it's totally different. You know, you can ship across the nation if you're selling a cheap item that you can ship all across the world. It's totally the conversation is totally different. I'm not yeah. I'm not saying these are the only two, but for a retail store that needs a specific type of audience, I can't think of anything that's as good as them. Yeah, Thoughts? that's awesome. I mean, I would agree with that. I think that you're right. Getting the geography in there is is helpful. Um, I'll say this: I think if your entire ad spend strategy comes down to hoping that people have their interests up to date on Facebook. Um, you probably need to do some more research into your, into your customer and, and, and where they're hanging out. But I agree with you. I think that those are helpful things. I just think that the way you write your ad, the way you design the graphic or you record the video or what you say in the video in your ad can be just as, if not more powerful to qualify somebody as your ideal customer and disqualify somebody you don't want to do business with than than just the back end uh, settings on Facebook. And so that's to say, use both. It, that's a tool they have available to you. So make sure that you check those interests, you, you set up the right geographic boundary. But then when you're in your video, don't just assume that Facebook's back end is doing the all the right work for you. Again, Facebook doesn't care if your business succeeds or fails. They got your money, so they thought, well, let's give them some boxes to check and make them feel good. Don't just rest on that. Make sure that the content, that's the words you write in the caption, the, the words you say in a video, the, the things you put in a graphic or a photo, make sure that those things help your ideal customer persona understand that they should be doing business with you. You can solve their problem. You can make their life better. Yeah. And I think if you, if you do the organic ads first, if you try to do the organic traffic first, you typically understand how to get people's attention a little bit better. I I figured out a long time ago on Facebook, when you put attention, uh, you know, a town or something like that in all caps, it typically works better. Um, if you target it to that specific town, things like that, um, you know, saying who it's for at the beginning, attention, horse owners, attention, moms, you know, or whatever. If you say that in the video or something, um, I found that, you know, if you get good at this organic traffic, um, that you typically will figure out how to have a better ad spend as well. Um, and understand that portion of it. 
Um, so thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. A little uh, long-winded today. We had a lot of pent-up energy on this topic. So uh, thank you for listening. I hope that uh, this helps your retail family-owned business succeed even more than it already is. Thank you for listening.